Today on the Community Business Fix, we're in Liverpool, a city synonymous with the beautiful game. Liverpool is, is a very sporty city in general, but football is especially important because it, it brings people together and that's the power of football in our city. It's in our genes, you know, you've got a young lad called Robbie Farlow and he lived down the road. You know, there's a lot of kids aspire to, to becoming another Robbie. It's a warm Saturday morning in Admiral Park and 50 or so young aspiring Robbie Fowlers are running around under the watchful eye of Coach Georgie. We just try to start them off with little ball drills, get them dribbling around, getting touches on the ball and then we split them up into games. Well, we play football and they learn skills and how to improve and what she should do and stuff. I used to play on this as a football player. My school was there, so that was 40 years ago. So it's really good to see this is getting used and it's developing you know brilliantly it's a, it's a lovely place it's in the heart of a, a tough community but you know you give a kid a ball in liverpool you know, you know they're gonna know what they're gonna do with it <laughs> this series is all about community businesses supported by power to change and this episode is about how a community football club in toxteth has been using sport to unlock the potential of the youth in the area Target Football has been organising football-based activities for nine years. Their mission to improve their social skills and increase their confidence and self-esteem so they are less likely to drift into antisocial or risk-taking behaviours. As you'll hear, they've done it through hard graft, grants and income-generating projects. They're one of the seven groups who've been recently funded through a pioneering programme called the Marks and Spencer Community Business Challenge, which has brought them income and mentoring. More of that later. Jen's one of the parents whose children are benefiting from the project in Liverpool L8. It's really important because, you know, you look around, I think Elise as well is one of the most deprived areas and there's a massive mix of people as well from different backgrounds. So I think it's really important to bring kids together to build confidence and also disciplines them as well. The boys are, are strict on them as in, don't let them mess around, don't get them give any cheek. If you actually speak to the kids themselves, They'll tell you, you know, they all get up. It's a happy day for them because you're all going to Admiral and playing football. All the mates are coming to make new friends. It gives them something to do. They just love it. You see them, they come with a smile and they leave with a smile. You know, and it says a lot about the community, really. I think they were just craving for stuff like this. You know, it's hard. You know, whenever children don't play out anymore, they're pushing buttons on computers. The duo behind Target Football are Reg Standish and Paul Herford. They'd been involved in sports and community projects for some years and were both made redundant at the same time. They were working together on outreach projects at a local youth club and decided to pool their expertise to do something to counter challenges the city was facing as austerity bit, using Admiral Park as the centre of operations. Paul Herford. When the cuts came in, everything was just decimated the youth service, all these small community programmes and there was obviously a gap there and there was obviously a need so we decided to see what we could do, see what funding we could we could get. Reg had a development plan that he'd worked on and so we, we sat down and we started with that and we changed it a little bit to see what was achievable with just the two of us and this place was derelict at the time and so we started the ball rolling to see if we could get something done with Admiral Park 
and we did after a year or so we got we started our soccer Saturdays which has been going for yeah eight years now. A three-year grant from the big lottery paid Reg and Paul's wages and the programme expenses, enabling them to establish the business. For the first four years they ran Admiral Park for its owners, plus Dane. But there came a point when Plus Dane could no longer afford to pay them to manage it. So Paul and Reg set about getting hold of the lease, which they did last year. It was a crucial step for them. The ownership of assets gives community businesses credibility and allows them to plan for the future. Here's Jed Devlin, Power to Change's development manager. Being able to borrow against an asset, being able to use that asset on your balance sheet in order to be able to approach decent social investors and to be able to raise capital against it is probably one important thing. But also that security of tenure is an important aspect as well. If organisations are going to be looking at how they explore broader options in order to deliver wider community benefits, I think they've got to know how long they're going to be in situ, how long they're going to have the asset and how long they're going to be able to utilise it. The success of the Admiral Park project brought Target to the attention of the owners of Stanley Field's Sports Centre, and Reg and Paul have big plans for it. When they approached us to, to manage it, we obviously we jumped at it because we want it to be taken over. We, we don't want it to fall into disrepair like other sites have. And so we're now planning for the next five years to, if we can, get hold of the lease, get some funding, upgrade the site, put some more pictures in so we can generate more income to sustain our company. Those plans for expansion came directly from their involvement in the Community Business Trade-Up programme, run by the School for Social Entrepreneurs, or SSE, in partnership with Power to Change. Community businesses like Target receive up to 12 days of leadership and business development training over several months, alongside a match trading grant of up to £10,000 if they manage to increase their income. Here's Paul again. I went to workshops, we, we visited other businesses and with the help and support of the SSE and Power to Change we did improve our traded income. We've got the Astro pretty much used every day after school so it's taken over nicely and we'd now like to develop that site so it's, an, it's a case of replicating what we've done with Admiral, approaching the council, getting a business plan together, putting a development plan together. I speak to Lisa from the SSE on a, quite a regular basis. We get a lot of emails inviting us to workshops and other events that they hold in Blackburn House down the road. It's a really good programme that they run at SSE. Reg and Paul have also recently been getting support and funding from the new M&S Community Business Challenge programme, which we mentioned at the top of the show. It's an innovative partnership between Power to Change and Marks and Spencer. Seven community businesses have already received a package of £10,000 funding and business support. One of the other finalists, incidentally, was Home Baked, the community bakery in Anfield we featured a couple of shows ago. More details about the programme at the end of the show, but it's an interesting collaboration between big business and largely volunteer-led local projects. When it launched, Pete Swallow, Merseyside M&S head, stressed how crucial it is for community organisations to be sustainable, Sarah Ford is Head of Sustainability at M&S. 
We believe our business will only prosper if the communities around our shops in the UK thrive too. And ultimately, this is places where our customers, our colleagues and our neighbours live too. So it's important that we invest back into those. And Insight has told us that in those communities, it's really important to our customers and colleagues that we connect locally, be that through fundraising, volunteering or donating surplus product. But those are the issues that matter most that they would like us to focus on. Sarah has already been working with Reg and Paul to bring their projects under one umbrella and develop a robust five-year business plan. The Target Football project has been a really fantastic project because our property team have been able to own it and they were looking for a project that as a team they could work on together. They've been able to utilise their skills in a different way, so pulling together a workshop for Target, working together on the business plan, providing feedback and suggestions, so you really testing themselves with what they know. But also it's about bringing different teams together, so you've got a team come together to work with Target who covering business planning, sustainability, leaseholder and property management guidance who, who wouldn't necessarily work on a project in a way like that before. So it's been a great way for them to kind of build as a team together. So there's support from outside the community, but how do Paul and Reg stay connected with the needs of the local community? We bring people in from the different parts of the community to ask their advice and we're always asking parents, young people, all participants there for feedback on, on what, how they think we could improve, how we think we could do things differently and that's helped us over the years and we're not, we're not scared to, to take criticism. We've got a board that myself, Reg, Gary and other representatives, young people and coaches will come and sit on. So the volunteers are qualified coaches and they take responsibility for their own team. They, they do fundraising, they take them away, they organise friendly games and training. And So we've got about 12 volunteers with the grassroots, but we also have people who just like come up and help us with the field. Parents will always chip in when they can. They, they can see what we're trying to achieve, can see that what we're doing it's good for the community, so people are always willing, willing to help, which is great. We've heard how it all came about and how Paul and Reg hope to develop it, but in practical terms, what does Target Football offer alongside Soccer Saturday? An inter-schools league on Admiral Park. Sometimes we can do three in a year, we have boys and girls. We've been funded by Children in Need for the past six years to run our Detach Youth Programme, which is diversionary activities of an evening, football based. We've done a lot of programmes with girls in primary schools, girls in secondary schools and women's football. We also work with veterans, so we have an over 40 side that plays on Admiral Park. We've worked with the youth offending team and the youth service. Obviously we manage the two facilities and on these facilities we'll do soccer camps and holiday activities. We've done mostly soccer camps but we, we did do multi-sport camps with the council. We're here on Saturday morning as the kids start arriving with their parents. Today the ages range from 4 to 12 with a coach for each age group working on their skills before they finish with a game and a photo of the player of the week. Axel's an enthusiastic regular here, brought along by his dad, Anna Salusi. 
We've been practicing control with the ball and then we've done matches and we've been learning to control and pass and when you have the ball, pass it. When you get the ball, pass the ball. Obviously uh, becoming parents <laughs> and so on and so forth. We'd been through a lot and by the time our eldest was old enough to come here it, it just felt like a, a highlight of, of the week really, especially on a nice sunny day. You see all the different strips, all the different uh, people obviously from all over the place. It is Toxteth after all, you know. It's just been part of who we are almost now, you know. Another parent, Billy, is on the sideline with a younger child in his arms as he watches his older son kicking a ball around. When you look at the amount of children that are here, every age, every ability, male, female, you know, it's multicultural. You know, he learns a lot more than football. You know, there's a lot of personal development there as well. So these sessions are not just about developing football skills, and they're not only of benefit to the kids. The parents and carers who bring them along also get something out of them. I meet with um, girls from the school, we're all full-time workers, so we don't really get to see each other at school, so we come and watch our children play together, and we have a lot of social chats as well. I think he gets teamwork and socialising and being part of the children that live around here. I mean, he doesn't go, he goes to school a bit further away from here, but I think he, he has made a lot of friends, and I think that's what it's about, and hopefully, you know, they'll look after everything that's around in the area as well. I grow up to, you know, not be in the gangs and things that maybe do exist around here a little bit. That's what we hope, anyway. And Paul agrees their work is about more than football. Football's a great tool for engaging the community. It's Obviously, it's really good for your health, the social side of it, getting out and about, meeting people from different ages, different backgrounds, different cultures, um, all coming together to play football which is, you know, in turn good for your, for your mental health. One young person in particular I worked with, he'd had a lot of personal issues with his family. Um, he'd ended up being homeless and had other issues. But we managed to engage him on our project and he'll tell you himself that coming down and playing football twice a week was something, it gave him something to focus on, so it gave him something to you know, get up and get out of bed for. Target's coaching staff are obviously key to its success. Opportunities for volunteers is an important element of Target's philosophy. Reg and Paul see volunteers progressing into coaching training and ultimately employment, and these opportunities will increase as Paul and Reg's plans for expansion grow. Carl's one of the coaches. The journey here, for me as a coach, I'm meeting Reg, and the support, not only what Reg and Paul have gave me, but also the other coaches. That set me on a pathway going right the way through. I've done a professional club's academy, and I've been coaching non-league football, so semi-professional, which I'm still at. We've got five part-time or sessional coaches. They come and work on all the programmes with the teenagers, with the soccer schools, with the soccer camps in the holidays. And then, yeah, obviously we've got the volunteers as well who, who are great and without the volunteers we, we wouldn't have a grassroots football club and, and these teams playing every weekend. For Jed Devlin, Power to Change's development manager, it's incumbent on community businesses like Target Football to provide paid employment opportunities for volunteers like Carl. 
And I certainly think that generating local employment and local well-paid jobs needs to be one of the real outcomes from these organisations. So income generation prioritised in order to fund paid staff in well-paid jobs that perform key roles. When they started, Paul Herford was mentored by fellow Target Director Reg Standish. He's now doing the same to others at the beginning of their journey into community businesses. We've heard before on these podcasts how important peer support is. After all, it's at the root of all communities, businesses or not. You never know, one of your volunteers might become a paid employee or could go on to launch their own project. Remember Kitty's Laundry on the other side of Liverpool? That came out of another community business, Home Baked. Here's Paul again. Any experience or advice I can pass on to people around grant writing or running a community business, I will. I was on the phone to a lady from another organisation in, in the north of Liverpool not so long ago about how she could improve her site and what funds to go for and what she needs to possibly think about when she's writing the bid. I think that I've passed on quite a lot of the knowledge and experience that I've gained and I've, I've got from Reg. So where do Reg and Paul go next? What are the headlines of the development plan they've made with the help of the mentors from M&S? In five years' time, we would like to have the two facilities developed up to standard where we're generating income from the hire of those facilities, either the field or the astro pitches or the clubhouse so that myself and Reg can continue to look for grants and put on more programmes over the two sites, get more people involved either as coaches or volunteers and hopefully create more opportunities to take part in healthy activities. And we've been able to raise more funding because we're the lease owners, we've just got a grant from the Football Foundation to extend the pitch and put this pitch barrier in. We're getting a stand. We've also just got a conditional offer from Sport England to put a clubhouse on the site. So we want to create like a community hub recreation style club for the area. So we'll have a football pitch, but we'll do other activities as well, other social activities and other outside of the box activities like the pigeon, local pigeon group are going to base themselves here, we're going to have a walking club, we're going to have a running club, table tennis, chess, drafts, we want to engage with the older members of the community, bring them up to maybe watch the young people play football. So that's the plan, that's the next five year plan. But whatever plans Paul and Reg have for Target, football will always be at the core. It's always good to see, you know, the small differences just a game of football can make to a young person's life. It brings people together and unites people and I think that's the power of football in, in our city. If you've been inspired by the work of those at Target Football and have a community project you're looking to launch, the MS Community Business Challenge programme could be for you. Here's Sarah Ford again. 
So we're launching the programme in Plymouth in May 2019 and Bristol and Bradford this autumn. So we're looking for local community businesses to apply um, in those second locations. It doesn't matter whether you're established or whether you're just starting out, we'd love to hear from you. So please check for details on our MS Community Business Challenge website. My top tip when you do come to apply is just be as specific as possible. The most successful applicants have come with a really targeted area that they're looking for support with or a question that they want the MS team to help them solve. If you're successful, you'll get the support from us and a share of the 50k award funds. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for those tips from Sarah Ford at MS. And if you want to find out more, head over to hyperurl.co forward slash MSCBC. That's hyperurl.co forward slash MSCBC. If this story has inspired you to set up a community business, delve into the rest of our shows and check out powertochange.org.uk where you can find the latest news on events, other grants and support. We'll be adding links and other useful information on the show notes for this episode and you can connect with us by following on Twitter at the CB Fix. We would love to hear your thoughts and about your experiences that connect with the show. We like to get these stories to as many people as possible, so we'd love it if you could share the show with at least one person you know that might benefit from hearing these stories. And please don't forget to subscribe to the Community Business Fix in your favourite podcast app. The benefit of subscribing is that you won't miss our next episode, where we'll be finding out about community leisure centres. Thanks for listening to this Fieldwork production commissioned by Power to Change. It was presented by me, Neil Roberts, with research and production by Curtis James. Co-production, sound and music by Simon James. Writing and executive production by Chris Paling.